Good morning. Welcome to church. Good morning. Um, just to make sure the cell phones are you know, off, muted, and out there, anyone who's hearing this. Um, bathroom out there to the left. Um, you know, keep the mic right, right around here. You know, no flaring around. Um, and, uh, yeah, and if my man right here wants to move up. What? If not, if he wants to move up, if not. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's all. No food or drink? Oh, no food or drink. Yes. <coughs> and, uh, right. and that's all, yeah. Thank you. As long as you don't drink it in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what? <laughs> the atheist guy, right? <laughs> he couldn't tell me if he's seen an ape turn into a human being. Yeah. Yeah. He he really didn't like the question of uh, are you jealous? The atheists are jealous of the Jews. I mean, of the Christians. Yeah, and they keep going after them. Uh, amazing. That's all right. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, you can get involved on it by going to our chat line on the YouTube channel there, and um, we will respond to your questions and comments. All right. Thank you so much. Good morning, y'all. Hi, y'all. Um, before I get into my questions and things, I... Um, I had a very, very interesting meeting with a group of guys this week, during the week. Someone invited me to their business to talk to uh, some guys that were there. And it was interesting in the different groups. And I realized a lot from talking to those guys and getting feedback from them. And what I realized is that life is really amazing for you or life could be hell for you. Is really up to the individual. And we talked about responsibility. Responsibility. And it's interesting the way some of the guys grew up and the impact that their parents had on them or did not have on them it is dictating their whole life right now, even though they can overcome it. And so one of the things that we talked about is uh, I made notes 
one of the things we talked about is, uh, again, responsibility. And the one thing I want you to know, so I was thinking about my life when I was talking to these guys, and my life has been a bunch of going through phases in life. And growing up in Alabama as a kid, being taught to work as a kid, I learned to work maybe six years old, I guess. I've never known not how to work because my parents made me responsible by giving me things to do as I was growing up. And then when I became a teenager, I was prepared because they prepared me to leave home at 18. And the way they did that was to teach me to um, work and then put it in my mind, hey, at 18, you're on your own, right? And so they prepared me up to that. And so at 18, I wasn't afraid to leave home. And I had no idea what I was going to go through. Not one idea. And I'm glad now that I didn't know what I would be dealing with in life because had I known, I probably would not have dealt with it. It would have scared me off, right? And so, so I moved out at 18, went to Indiana and got a job because I wanted to come back to L.A. I had visited the summer prior. So I wanted to come back, got a job, worked two weeks, made a paycheck, and flew out to L.A. And from there, I stayed with my family member for a minute, and then got my own place. Got, right away, I got a job and got my own place. One thing, and then after that, I turned 25, because I worked different jobs. I turned 25, I bought a house, because I was told that a man should have his own home, you know, when he turned 25, if he want a family. Well, you should have it anyway. So I did that, went and got a home, had no money, had a job, but no money, didn't know how things were going to turn out. Wasn't even thinking about how things would turn out. When I first moved to L.A., it was hell because I ran into a lot of situations that I wasn't familiar with. And, uh, and so I went through those things. I remember when I was in my 20s out here, I partied a lot. I used to go to parties, smoke a little weed, but I was never comfortable with weed, never comfortable, but I did it anyway. And then I bought a house. Then I got engaged and t twice, and those things didn't work out because it wasn't meant to be, right? But then I, uh, one thing just led to another. My whole life been that way. And I want you to know that during that whole, so far in my life, I have never, ever, ever tried to be like anyone else. It just wasn't in me to be that way. I was taught not to be that way. So I never wanted, I never desired that. I never had a leader over me, so I was never taught to be that way at all. And the one thing I want you to know is that you were put on this earth to be you, to live your life, to be you. That's why you're here. You were put here to be you and not be like anyone else. And there's nothing, I can't even imagine what it, well, I know now because I've dealt with so many people and I see how miserable they are trying to be someone else. They're not happy. And um, it's, 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 from what I know, other people is miserable having a leader or somebody you worship or trying to be like someone else. And so I want to encourage you, be you. Don't be like anyone. We can learn from one another without taking on that identity. Because, hey, we are here to learn from one another, whether for the good or the bad, right? 
but you don't want to be like anyone else. You want to be you. I, I, I can't imagine trying to be like anyone else. You were put here to be you, and your reason when you're you, then life just happens. You just take on things, you do what you need to do, and life just happens. But when you try to be like someone else, you steal someone else's identity, meaning you pretend to be them, act like them, sound like them. You go out in the world trying to act like you know who you really don't know. You don't want to do that. And some of the things we talked about is um, don't try to steal someone else's life. Don't try to be like someone else. I wrote these down because I wanted it was so good. I wanted to remember that. And so I, I asked some of the guys, it was like, it was interesting. There were some of the guys that were raised by two parents, and, and then there were some who were raised by one parent, a mother. But there were those who were raised by um, a father and a mother. And, and those who were raised by a father and a mother were taught to be responsible as a kid. <laughs> They were taught practical responsibility, meaning that, um, and some of them told me some interesting story, but they were taught from day one to be responsible, and they can remember as a kid not wanting to be responsible. The parents would tell them to take the trash out. Hey, take the trash out and dump it. And they wouldn't want to do it because prior to that, they had been taken care of as a kid. You know how the mother take care of the kids, don't make the kids do anything. But at five years old, six years old, they had to take the trash out, and they fought against it. But the parent had them to do it anyway. And so with the practical responsibility, they finally became accustomed to that, to being responsible. But then when they became a teenager, the parents told them they had to go to work. You have to get a part-time job. Even though you're in school, you have to get a part-time job. And so they started working McDonald's and other little small businesses while they were going through high school. And when it was time to move, leave home, it was no problem for them. And so, uh, again, they went through hell after they left home, but there was nothing in them that was telling them to turn around or give up or take on someone else's identity. And that was so interesting to me. Whereas the ones that were raised without a father in the home, just by their mothers, they did not learn the practical uh, responsibility as kids. They, they, weren't, they didn't have to take the trash out. They didn't have to do anything because the mother was like, oh, I'm going to make sure my kids don't go through what I had to go through. And so they ended up giving them everything. They let them go to school, but they didn't make them responsible for working and being responsible. And so they grew up taking on other people's identities, unsure as to what they wanted to do in life, afraid to be themselves, always looking for a leader or someone that they could look up to in the way that they looked up to their mothers instead of just being themselves. They, uh, and some of them are still living, even though they are working right now, they're still living at home with their mothers because they're afraid to take on the challenges of life. And the mother won't let them go. She tell them, oh, save some money. Oh, don't, don't move now. It's too hard out there. And so they're afraid to go out there and do their own thing because they are not themselves. 
And when they do go out and try, they take on someone else's identity, meaning trying to be like someone else. And when that doesn't work, they blame the someone else because they tried to take on their identity and it didn't work. And so they blame instead of realizing, you know, what's wrong with me that I can't deal with life? They don't even question it. They just end up either end up on drugs or going back home or something like that. Whereas those who were taught to be responsible from day one, they're, dealing, they're having up and down issues in life too, but there's nothing in them that want to give up. And they don't blame. They see the wrong and the right and what's going on, but they don't do it. And so another thing that was noticed, because we talked about the practical things in life, those who were taught by a father and a mother, when they, and a lot of them got a lot of money because they're lawyers and they're teachers and things like that. So they worked hard. They made a good living for themselves. But once they made their living for themselves, something else was missing. They still, they were not satisfied. Something was missing. And because they had been taught practical ways of living, the way of living, it was easy for them to move on into the spiritual aspect of life, seeking to find out, though I have everything, I'm still empty. I, it's like something else is missing. And so those who have been taught to work hard and be responsible from day one, they naturally, and I have to use this word, I almost don't want to use it, transition. Because when we hear transition now, you think you're talking about from boy to girl, girl to boy, or, or monkey to man. <laughs> and so they naturally uh, transition into the spiritual, seeking the spirit of life to find if they ask, well, what's wrong? How come I got everything, but something is missing? Whereas the one that were not taught the practical life growing up, they didn't even seek the spiritual life until lately they had been hearing about it. But there was nothing that uh, caused them to transition into, as adults, teaching the spiritual way. And God said that um, as adults, our parents are responsible for us from child to adult. And as an adult, it's on you to seek him and come back to him. But they didn't have it because that inner nature was not developed. A couple of guys were raised by fathers, too, and they were having the same issue as those that were raised by mothers because the fathers were too protected. They didn't want them to feel any pain. They didn't want them to work hard. And so they had the same issue. And I say all that to say is to the parents, you got to teach your children to the practical way of life growing up. They were created that way so that they don't lose themselves. They don't lose their identity and go out into the world and try to take on someone else's personality, someone else's identity. It does start in the home if you have children. For the children, the parents have to be the example, not someone else. And it starts in the home. In the good old days, when I was growing up, it was totally that way. And I can honestly tell you, except for maybe one or two of the kids that I grew up with, not even family members, all of them are doing well. They, because they were taught to work growing up. We were made to work. And we didn't see work as a bad thing. We didn't, because our parents were always working too. And But it helped to deal with 
these things that are going to come in life as an adult. And in life, every human being has to deal with something. It's just the way it is because the battle is good and evil. So every human being has to deal with something in life. Ain't no way around it. Some human beings give up trying to deal with it. But yet, even when they give up, they're still miserable. Even though they're giving up, they're not trying to fight and deal with life, they're staying home and doing nothing, they're still miserable. It reminded me of a, a guy that's in his late 60s now, at least two or three of them, and they're stuck at home with mama, and they're miserable because they didn't go out there and deal with life. You're not supposed to stay with your parents when you're 18 and over. You're, you're not supposed to be out there. You're supposed to be out there dealing with life. And I'm glad that I was raised that way because I see that people are so weak now, and I know why now. It's in the home. If you're not raised to, I'm gl- raised to be responsible as a kid. I'm glad I worked on a plantation. I'm glad that I had to plow the mule. Even when I didn't want to, I wanted to go to school, they would make me do it anyway. I'm grateful for that today. I'm glad that they set me up to mentally to be ready to leave home at 18. And just, I walked out, moved from Alabama to California. It was like going from, in one sense, to paradise because California was so beautiful at the time. But I had no idea the things to come. I have never thought about moving back home. I have never called back home and begged for money. I remember maybe once I think I did when I first moved out here, but I forgot. But I've never done that. And life has been amazing for me. Uh, it's just been absolutely, it's been interesting. But you won't know that until you become yourself. And 90%, 99% of people are not themselves. They are somebody else. They go from being mama to being fake daddy to being fake this person, fake that person. They're never themselves. And you're not going to be free until that happens. you got to be yourself. Most people are not themselves. So I want to ask the people that are here, and let me hear from you as well. How many of you are yourself? You are yourself, really. And how do you know that you are yourself? Uh, I think the uh, silent prayer helps a lot because uh, I don't feel myself striving as much as I did before uh, getting in a better habit of doing the silent prayer. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like it just flows more, more naturally, more easily now from just from within as opposed to trying to be like somebody else. Have you ever tried to? It was. I wish we could have recorded that meeting, but they hired me. To, they hired me to come there and do it, right? And it was private, but it was so interesting. And these are some of the things that we dealt with. How do you? So were you ever trying to be like other people at one time? Yeah, all the time. And what was that like for you? I don't know. I guess disappointing. Like I never. I could never be like other people. Yeah, and. So have you stopped trying to be that way? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I think pretty much altogether, yeah. Yeah. And we say for the most part, you still do it sometimes? I mean, I'm trying to think of a recent example. I mean, I don't think so. Because I've been doing better with uh, doing the the silent prayer regularly. And and, and even... You know, just throughout the day, it's a lot easier just to notice thoughts and let them go. So, uh, yeah, I don't don't think I do try to be like other people much anymore. I don't know. I can't think of a recent example. When you were doing it, why were you doing that? 
Um, I, th- I think probably a lot of it was to impress women. Like I was, I was kind of a, a simp for a lot of my life, just chasing girls and stuff. So right. I think a lot of it had to do with that probably. Amazing. Um, so now that you're doing this, have you gone and forgiven? Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah I went, I, I went to my parents and looked them in the eyes and forgave them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. The lady right next to you. Are you yourself? Trying to find that. I am trying. I'm in the process. Let's put it that way. And are you aware that you're not yourself? I wasn't until I was like hammered with it over and over um, by somebody. And it, um, I, I know what they're talking about now and listening to you. And, and um, yeah, I tried to morph myself into whatever crowd I was with. Yeah. Generally. And when it didn't work, did you blame somebody else that that didn't work? It was always so much commotion. <laughs> it was um, chaotic, and so it kind of took away from uh, trying to understand the situation. You know, yeah. it just fast pace and very chaotic. So it it was something that I don't I didn't realize then. I do now. Amazing, huh? Um, did you go and forgive? You were yes, here? yes. And I how did. did it go? It went good. It, I mean, I thought about you over the week. Oh, you did. Yeah, to see how did that go for you? Yes, it went. It went great. Um, I went to my mother's um, burial site, and uh, of course, I did that, and <sighs> that was tough. But it was definitely inspiring for me. And then um, my father, I, you know, he had. It's not for him. I understand that. But so I felt I could have talked to anybody because he's 97. Right. Uh, so it uh, was. But for me, it was great. It yeah. made me feel better. Um, and I know it's for me, but it's just uh, still in that place to find myself. Um, I take, uh, you know, basically, I, I don't take care of my father because he's self-sufficient at 97. He's a very um, strong man right on but somebody needs to be there right you know and so that's my per that's what basically i went back home um and uh i find myself wanting to go you know walk just never you know <laughs> just do find myself yeah. and um my heart won't let me because of his age so nice right now i'm in the tra- i'm in the Go between. <laughs> are you, so are you doing a silent prayer? You know, I hadn't been, and I just recently, and I say recently, like this week, just started. Um, my son who comes here, he right. pounces me, boy. Nice. He's, he pounces me. Good. <laughs> Do you find, have you noticed that most people today are not themselves, they are somebody else? They take on other people's identity, and then if you bring it up to them, they'll get mad. I'm not trying to be like no one else. They don't even want to see that they sound like and walk like and act like someone oh, else. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They get very, my my uh, youngest is very, comes across as a very successful person. Right. Um, yeah, she she's mini-me. <laughs> I, I look at her, she's mini-me from the looks to the way she is. Yeah. It may be healthy today for her, the what the lifestyle she's doing, but the crowd and the way she's doing it, it's not necessary. That's it's right. A lot of, it's a lot of fluff. <laughs> it's a lot of fluff. At, that, at this particular meeting this week, the crowd that was raised by the mother uh, and were not themselves, it was somebody else. They, oh, through life they're taking on other people's identity and it doesn't work for them. 
when when we were pointed out to them that they were just like somebody else, they were still like they saw them, they would get mad. I mean, they yeah. would like get mad. I got mad when yep. they t- would tell me. Yeah. Um, you know, when my family would tell me what what I, you know, basically what they, that they're finding themselves. I got mad. I almost hung up the phone a few times, <laughs> you know, and I was, I, I, I felt it was disrespectful. To the, tell you that, for yes, them to say that to you? To say that to me. But you know what? At the end of the day, when we went full circle, is exactly what I needed to hear. Absolutely. It went from a high, high, um, you know, aggravated conversation to a just, a normal conversation. Yes. And it took a long time to get there. <laughs> I have seen this over and over again, but it was so interesting to see it in person like that mm-hmm. with that many people, right? And how they would get angry. Someone would say, you, you're not and you yourself. you don't get it until after you're, that person's not telling you. You yeah. don't, I, like it didn't sink in until after. And then I'm like, bing, yeah. you know, just the light bulb. I got it. I know what he was, I know what you were telling me. And I, you know, I pick up the phone. I'm sorry. You're right. Absolutely. I was totally wrong. It's like when there's somebody else, they're on a big ego trip and they feel good. Even though they're not happy on the inside, they don't have total peace. But it feels better to them to identify with another human being than God himself. They don't right, want to exactly. see that they're wrong. And you, I don't know, it's so weird. It just... Interesting, but weird to me. But yeah, I'm learning something there about people. Single mom, as a single mom, you do the best that you can. Yes. Um, yeah. And you think you're doing the right thing. Like I told you with my daughter and right. the schooling and the schooling and the schooling. That day I went from here to her and I apologized and she didn't get it. But I'm hoping someday she will. That's right. And um, yeah, I pushed it. I forced it. I, I mean, I was... Go to school, go to school, stay in school, you know, get, be- get smarter. I was looking at, at, during the meeting, I've done this before, I was looking at the kids that grad- graduated from my class, right? And we went to all-black school. Mm. They integrated the school the last year that I was graduating, 1968. We had a couple white teachers come in. But they integrated the school. But up until that point, it was all-black. And for some reason, well, I know why, we were taught to work. We were taught to treat each other in the right way. I didn't see a lot of fighting at school. Mm. And, and it wasn't, the disarray that we see now wasn't happening then. And so it was, we were taught love. We were taught respect. We didn't always agree. Right. But we were taught to respect one another. But most of all, our parents uh, set us up to be ready for the next phase in life without us knowing what was happening. And that's not happening anymore. No, you know, I was I was going to ask you with that in mind, uh, as as your parents teach you these things that probably weren't the best, and you filter them down because you know no other. Um, what do you do to change that, other than find trying to find yourself and stuff? Um, that's a good question. I, I just I'm having a hard time with that because. Yeah. They did the best they could, of course. That's right. Um, they knew no other. Um, but I want to break that chain. I don't want to be that person. Uh, nice. <laughs> and but at sixty, you know, at my age, and it's just a number. That's um, right. I, I'm I older than you, and I'm changing all the time. Oof, I got now, it. Now because they set me up for the spiritual aspect of life. They didn't tell me that, 
but it just I naturally went into it because I've done well as far as taking care of myself and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And Doug want to tell you what do you do to change that? And then I'll put my two cents in. Okay. Let her ask her question again because I didn't part of it I missed. She wanna know now that she realized she's not herself, she's been taking on other people's identity and she didn't do well with the kids, didn't really because of she did the best she could. How does she change herself now to get it in the right place? You can't change yourself. You did the ultimate step by just realizing what you did was wrong and just stay there. You just you had, you went to your daughter, you apologized, and now you literally just change well, you didn't change it. That just literally changed your life. You can't do anything. So you've done what you needed to do, and it sounds hypocritical, but you cannot change yourself. So, but what you don't understand is that step, those steps you took allowed him to change, start changing you. So you just don't beat yourself up. Don't be too into your head. Oh, is it yeah, not, it's not working? Yeah, my kids say you're overthinking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm doing a lot of listening. And I'm getting the messages in small pieces. Absolutely. Right. But it's like taking a sledgehammer. He, it, <laughs> is that it? I was just going to say, just don't beat yourself up. Don't get into your head too much. And don't, and you said it, don't overthink it. Just, just see what happens. Watch what happens and just deal with that in the moment. And if you make a mistake, you made a mistake. But it ain't that big of a deal, really. He is absolutely right. And just to add to it, the fact that you said you want to change, you want to know what's going on with mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and you know that you've been wrong, but you understand why, in those very moments, you're changing. Yeah. It is happening. The light, which is of God of truth, inside of you, is erasing the darkness away from you. Because... Uh, you've been blind to the anger that you had, so you really couldn't see what you were doing. But the fact that you're questioning it now, because most people don't even question themselves. They question everybody else but themselves, right? Yeah. But the fact that you're saying, what's wrong with me? But not out I, of the blue. Right. I mean, it took, it's yeah, taken, it take time. unfortunately, it as a single... It takes a long time. Right, it does, and yeah. I'm very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> but as a single mom, you use your kids almost like... A stepping stone to get to that place and hope that they see it. Or oh, my son has just been pouncing me. And that's great. I don't hear him at the time, yeah. but I do. When you say you're using your kids, what do you mean? Well, you know, f- for me, uh, you know, he brought something to my attention and he's right. And oh, okay. I, at the time, I thought it was disrespectful that he was telling me that. Right and, on. And he just said, you know, you've used me almost like a husband. And right. I said, Excuse me? Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> you know? But I was taught to be the strong yeah. woman. And really, he goes, at what point do you, do you just soften? Well, you're blessed that your son told you that. Yes. And that's I, love. Yeah, it is. Because at the first, my first reaction was to hang up the phone. Yeah. And the fact that you can see it and admit it, that's love too. Because it's God who is allowing you to see that. You're ready for the change, right? And so it's God who is allowing you to see that. Ah, okay. It's not the devil. It's not yourself. Because we can't make ourselves see. We cannot. We just have to want to see. We Mm -hmm. want to 
grow into the spiritual aspect of life, right? And the fact that you can see, the fact that you are admit it to yourself, yeah, you know you're right, son. I'm wrong. You're on your way. Oops. You're totally. I can't wait. Yeah, (laughs) and I want to tell you this because Satan give you an impression that it's going to happen really fast. I know it's. And and then if it doesn't happen fast, now you want to give up or I'm too old and not (laughs) going to work before I die and stuff like that, right? That's not true. God is not into time. He's not into age. He doesn't care about any of those things. He cares about the soul. And so from this point forward, don't blame anybody else for anything. You're free from all the blame, right? And just let life happen. Whatever happens, you just go through it, let it happen, and doubt the thoughts. Okay. You're on your way. Do the prayer so you can be still because the storm can be heavy sometimes. And you be still through the storm, meaning situations. Because as you're waking up, you're becoming free. You're becoming you. And the devil don't like that. He doesn't like that at all. So he's going to send a truckload of situations to you. And he's going to scream at you in your, in your imagination. Where do you think you're going? You're trying, God ain't going to help you. What the? And he's trying to keep you to destroy your soul, right? Mm-hmm. But don't worry about that. Let that happen. Don't try to control anything. And never, ever, ever from this day forward judge yourself or anyone else. Because everybody in the world is blind and going through the same thing. They cannot see. So when people become jealous of you, and they will, when they, when they try to turn on you and hurt you, build an army, and they will, when they, whatever, you just wish them well, because you're understanding that they, they can't see. It's not personal. All right? So you, yep. you're overcoming. The moment you saw it, that was the beginning of becoming, uh, becoming you. And you're going to lose all those identities of everybody else and every illusion that you ever had. It will be taken away from you. Just stay with it. Stay with it. The devil used to tell me, oh, I woke up at 38, right? So seeing it is fast. Seeing that I'm wrong, I ask God to let me see. Let me see what's wrong with me. I'm all emotional. I'm afraid of women. I'm afraid of this and that. I'm afraid to speak up. Let me see what was wrong, right? And the moment that he allowed me to see, the heart changed. Hmm. It changed from anger to love. And then that love is what's been really carrying me through over these years. And that's what's happening to you, too. The moment that came as a twinkling of an eye, the heart changed just like that. And the mm. rest, now he's he going to destroy the ego, the yeah. part that blamed other people, the part that uh, didn't want to see what was really going on. I always uh, rush around. Yeah. yeah. It's like r- right now I, my big thing was I, I want a puppy. I want a dog. It's like, <laughs> no. You, you just can't keep on smothering loneliness with all these things. Stop. That's right. Stop. Stop. <laughs> it's like, and see, that's the light of God because the moment you see, you can't go back. You cannot go back. You start to see, oh, I'm trying to find a dog to make me feel better. Yeah, companion. To com- that was, that's my thought of companion. Yeah, and, and I see so many people with dogs. I'm like, what the? And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they, just, they just love the dog. Yeah. Let the dog lick them in the mouth. 
Do you know dog lifts their own butts? <laughs> Did y'all know that? <laughs> Can you imagine letting a dog lift your butt, I mean your mouth, and he just got through licking, cleaning his own butt? <laughs> he took a dog and he licked his butt to clean it. <laughs> and now he put it in your mouth. And you think that that's love. Ain't that a mess? Everybody, and so many people walk up down my street with dogs, mostly women. Mm-hmm. And some men, they will be walking down the street with dogs, but they do these little tiny dogs. Mm-hmm. You know that the wife made them do it. <laughs> Because the dog is too little for a man. If a man gets a dog, he's going to have a hound dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you're, the fact that you can see now that I'm using this dog because I feel lonely, you won't do it, and one th- that's going to be taken away from you. Loneliness will disappear. And then you, something else will show up in your life. And, you, and they'll be like, call. You're all lonely at home. They'll tell you, call Aunt Sue just to say hello. And you hate Aunt Sue. You don't like Aunt Sue. <laughs> but you call her up, you have a conversation with her, and you're like, why did I call Aunt Sue? She just ticked me off again. <laughs> <laughs> so you're seeing, I want you to know that. Okay. When you saw that the dog was taking the place of loneliness and you didn't do it, that's amazing. Well, it had to be brought up to me. It had to be pointed out to me, but still. And I will, after I've, all this process is in, pro, in place, I, I do want a dog. But I don't. In the right way, though. Not in the to right take, way. Exactly. Not to take the place of anything else. Right. You don't want to be in love with the dog. The I, dog it's, it's a terrible the dog feeling. Hate love. It's a terrible feeling. The people spoil their dog. They get them all fat. They keep them in the house. And, <laughs> what That's a mess. me. But you are on your way. And don't let the devil or anyone talk to you. Even if the whole world turn against you, God is with you. He really, and you would know it for yourself, and there would be nothing that would happen in your life that can take that away from you. Really, it's going to blow your mind. So you're on the right track, but you, I highly recommend you do the silent prayer so through all this stuff, you won't overreact. Yeah. You'll just see what's going on, yep. and you'll just live your life, and you're overcoming the world. You're in it, but not of it. It's mind-blowing. Hmm. So stay with it. I will. Just Thank stay you. with it, stay with it. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything, but you got to stay with it. And now that you, you have his love, you know you have his love, your heart is not of anger. The ego, I didn't, I didn't notice about the ego. No one, I heard people talk about the ego, but I didn't know how tough it is to let the ego go. It's like a real spiritual death. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it ain't easy. But once you start it, you can't go back. You can't go back. You, you have to go through the ego death. And ego death is about shedding all of your ideas, all of your plans, everything you thought you want, everything you learned from the Bible, everything you learned about God, everything you learned about yourself. All that has to go because the devil been using that against you. Hmm. He used that against you. He think it's the intellect and you think you know what you know. And you don't know. You don't. We have to become dumb. Amazing. So yeah. stay on that. Stay I will. with it. Thank you. And it, I'm going to tell you now, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not. Only and because you have identified with the thoughts and feelings all your life, and you thought they were real, and you thought that they were yours. But if you were able to know that they're not, it's easier to go through the ego death. But if you, have, if you have identified with it, well, it's tough. you don't and want again, to give up it, your identity. When you give a person life and they're having to point out something like this to you, yeah. something 
that sounds so simple that is really not. You yeah. take it as a disrespect rather than a, a learning lesson. Yeah. And really, um, if you're going to talk to somebody on, on a, a peer level, then take what they're saying on yes. that level. Whether it's right or wrong, you exactly. Just, just listen, yeah. and I what I don't. I I just right away. I and, was. And what do you mean you gave life? Well, when you give up, I had three kids. But so when they're pointing something out to me that is so spiritual and so under so simple for them to say in words, yeah. But I'm just like, <laughs> what <Yeah>. are you <laughs> saying? <laughs> and then again, but you didn't give life. You just carried the baby. Only I God know. give life. And, and the reason I want to make that point because I hear that a lot from women. Mm-hmm. Well, I brought you in this world. I'll take, I'll take you, you out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your mama. I gave, you going to talk to me like that? But mama, you didn't give me life. God gave me life. All things come from God. That's true. All things. We can't take anyone who take credit for anything is a little God. Hmm. And you know what a little God is, right? Mm-mm. Anybody know who the little God is? The devil. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. A little God is the devil. The small G is the devil. Hmm. But if you don't, and you will come to know, though, that all things are from God. It's going it's to make you so happy you're going to shout. We don't do anything. We don't create life. That's why with this whole abortion thing, and they got these women, they've convinced these women that, it's your body, your choice. It's not. Even God said our body is not our own. And so if our own body is not our own, what makes us think we have a right to take a child's life inside that body? It said the body is the temple of God. It's not our own, so that's not our choice. But the devil, the little G, through other people have convinced young people that your body, your choice. Mm. And they don't know they're working on worshiping the devil. And so that's why I wanted to make that point, because I hear that. That makes sense. I remember when my son, you know, I had this son out of wedlock, right? As I say, I've gone through all these different things. And my son finally came uh, to visit when he was 18. He sought me out. And I had tried to see him when he was younger, but his mother wasn't allowed to happen. And so... All of a sudden, even just the other day, he remembered, he like, didn't you come to see me once when I was very little in New York? And we had to meet outside under the stairway so my mother didn't know it. I'm like, yes. He has forgotten about that because he was so angry. But all of a sudden, he remembered that I did go there to see him. I went more than once, but he was so young. But he remembered me meeting with him under the stairway at his apartment. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yep. And, and evil is something else. It's yes, a mess. It is. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. But I want to encourage you, you are now being able to see. And a little light will not let you go back. And it's not intellectual. If you're intellectually seeing it, you'll go back. You'll give up. But you're spiritually seeing it. And there's nothing to go back to. There's n- because there is no future. There's no past. So it's all an illusion. So there's nothing to go back to. Hmm. Okay. So hang in there. I will. And when the ego death is happening, and it is, if you feel like crying because it gets so rough, I do. just boo <laughs> and let it pass. <laughs> <laughs> just do what? Cry. Oh, go ahead and boo <laughs> Yeah, boo <boo-hoo. laughs> My My son says, okay, well, 
it calls the ambulance. I said, okay. <laughs> That's right. But don't control, don't try to control anything or anyone. Let go and be all in and let God's will be done through you. Hmm. He okay. loves you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, stay with it. Okay. Yes, you said you, you tried to be other people? No, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I said that I'm generally, generally, excuse me. I said that I'm generally myself, even when I was my angry self. You know, what I mean, I was still me. But I tried, in recent times, to try to—I don't know what I was trying to do—but be like more pleasing to other people or something like that. Yeah. And it just was dumb, and it didn't work out. And it just it was a mistake, you know. Why were you trying to be pleasing? I think because I was under the pressure when I was taking care of my mom, and I was listening to other people about what I should do, and oh, I was yeah. just under a lot of. I was just under a lot of pressure, and so I wasn't able to see as clearly as I normally would. Or ne- or Absolutely. So I think that influenced The that. worst thing you could do is listen to others. You, you listen to them, right, but don't hold on to their advice. You let it go in one ear and out the other. Because we can learn from one another. Really, we can learn from one another, but we're not supposed to hold on to it because it becomes intellectual when you hold on to it. We have the teacher inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit, and he will bring all things to our remembrance. He will cause us to remember what we need to remember when we need to remember it. So learn from one another, but don't hold on to it. I know so many guys and ladies, and the same thing for you ladies, men are weak now. Men are like pathetic now. They're like little girls. And when I say that you're supposed to obey your husband, you don't supposed to be silly about it. If your husband is not doing what he's supposed to do, getting up, going to work, providing for the family, being that good example, and you see that I don't need to be in this situation, you truly see it without judging him, don't stay in a situation like that. Really, don't stay in that situation. God loves you the same way he loves men. And he, if you want to be, have a family, it's best to be married, but you don't want to be married with a, a weak, crazy guy. It's okay to lead that situation. Just don't hate. Don't judge your husband. That's what you leave out. And so are you, what is, so have you ever been you? When you said, because you said when you were angry, yeah. you, you were yourself? Yeah, that's what I thought. And how were you yourself when you were angry? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I knew to be, you know what I mean? That's oh, what I, I identify with. So even when I was in that state, yeah. I was still, in my mind, not trying to be like somebody else, per se. But I realized now, later on, is that how I got to be angry in the first place right. took on some other thing, you know. And so are you overcoming that now? Yes. And how do you know you're overcoming it now? Because uh, I'm able to, uh, first of all, I'm able to uh, see myself as I truly should be. Yeah. And then I'm also able to not over, uh, over, uh, overreact to situations as they come up and stuff like that. I'm able to maintain in spite of what the pressure has been put on to me. So. Nice. Yeah. God wants us to be individuals. Really. He, want us, he doesn't want us to take on the identity of the world. If he wants us to take on the identity of the world, why is he trying to destroy it? Because we have taken on the identity, right? And he cannot use you as long as you are somebody else. Really. He wants you. He wants your personality, your natural person, you. you. He wants you. That's why he destroyed the ego. Did you have your hand up? I did, but I think it's passed. Oh, okay. No, you, you want to mention it or not? 
All I was going to say to the lady is that don't have an idea of how it's supposed to play out in your life either. Absolutely. I, you may have said it. I just had to open the door. But right. a lot of times people have an idea of how this your their life is supposed to play out. And it don't. I, I've never seen my life play out the way it w- worked out in here. So that, that is such a powerful point. Let all ideas go of how your life's supposed to be. All ideas about the way life should be are wrong because you try to make it go that way and then it doesn't work. Now you're trying to make it go another way and that doesn't work. Then you're trying to make it go another way and that doesn't work. Now you want to jump off a bridge somewhere (laughs) (laughs) or blame someone else because it's not going your way. Really. And the world is evil now. I've just never seen this much evil, outward evil in the world. And it's because in our country, they now have a new religion that's in the forefront, and that religion is called religion of anger. Religion of anger. Everybody push anger as though it's good. Anger is not good. Anger is darkness. It's evil. It causes you to do things you regret later, and it prevents you from doing the things you would do that are good. Anger, don't let anyone tell you that you should be angry. Really, don't, I don't care who it is. Let nobody tell you that you should be angry. Y'all understand that? God is of love. He's not of anger. God does not judge. Angry people judge because Satan is their daddy. Angry people insecure because Satan is their daddy. Yes, sir. Do not hold on to anger. Really, there's no life in anger. If you doubt me, look at your children. It screw up the children. If, if anger was about love, why is it screwing up the children? I agree with you 100%. And, and uh, my kid can see the difference between uh, how, how I deal with things and how his mom deals with things. She, she loves to get angry. It's her favorite thing. But um, yes. she tries to, she tries to uh, confuse my son. You know, she's still trying to turn him against me and stuff. And so I tell my kid... You know, you should never be angry. Yes. And, and then she's and then she'll take him in the other room where I can't hear him <clears throat> when I'm not around. And 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 uh, and then afterwards, he'll come and tell me, well, mom says that Jesus was angry. What about <laughs> in the Bible where Jesus was angry? So what what but can I ask you, like, can you offer any um, how, how would I how would I discuss that incident in the Bible or how would I uh, keep what? for children? Keep it very simple. Just say, no, that's not true. That Jesus was of love. And in him, there is no anger. Keep it very uh, simple for the kids. And they, because they're uh, close to the father, they'll remember that. Really, they work because kids love simplicity. And that's why when we overcome our anger, God brings us back to simplicity. He really does. Because life, is, he said his ways are easy. His burdens are light. They are simple. Only Satan's way is hard. And so when your wife does that, you stay calm. Don't judge her. Don't, 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 don't let the kids, don't be angry so the kid can see the real love in you. And so they may have to suffer a while because you can't be around all day, right? You got to go to work, got to do your thing. But when they see you, they'll see love. And as they get older, they'll recognize the real source. And they still may have to go through something because she's making them angry. Uh, but it won't be as dramatic as it has been for you. It'll be a little lighter 
than what it's been for you. So, and, and, and correct the mother, too, in front of the kids. When they, when they come and tell you, Daddy, Mama said Jesus was angry. You're like, no, kids, Jesus was not angry. Don't be mad about anything. But do it with the mother. Okay, let's talk to your mother and go in the room and talk to the, let the kids know mother is wrong about this, but don't be mad at her. Jesus is not of anger. He's of love. He, he came to bring the light. He brought the light. The light is not, the darkness is what he caused, brought, came so we can overcome. So be patient, but correct, let the kids know in front of the mother. Because the mother is like the devil. She take them in the room to deceive them. You take them to her to bring some light into it, and they'll be fine. That makes sense? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Do you ever get angry at the mother for doing that? Not anymore. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I used to, but I haven't been angry in a while now. Right I mean, on. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, you correct with love, and she'll correct with anger, but the kids are, are, are see the father, and they'll love the father. Yeah, you, I, I mean, he's... Um, I mean, I think that I, I appreciate you saying that because I, I think that is where I've been failing as of recently or where I could improve is because I, I, I don't always um, correct him in front of his mother. And uh, sometimes he'll even tell me, like, why don't you tell mom to shut up? Like, I did tell her. I did. I did. I did tell her. I did, I did yeah. tell her one. I, I only did it once because I don't. I, I don't like to even be rude to her. It is, it is a little bit rude to tell her to shut up, but I, I did Why it once in front of. Well, it, w- Why one time. Why is that a little bit rude? It is a little bit. So Why? I, I, well, I just I could have just said be quiet instead of shut up. I no, mean, you could say shut up. Well, I did, I did, and and you know afterwards, I mean, and and so she, you know, I told her to shut up. It was like the first thing in the morning. She comes and starts yelling at me. I'm still laying in bed. And she starts yelling at me about the dishes. So I just told her, shut up and go, yes. like, leave me alone. As long as you're not angry. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't at all. Yeah. But, I, you know, and, and then uh, but she just kept going and I just let her get tired. Like I, at, at that point, I just didn't even respond. And uh, and then she eventually got tired of yelling and walked away. Yeah. And then my son came over and said he was glad that I told her to shut up. And now Absolutely. he's been asking me to the do that. The kids need help. Yeah. They need the father to protect them from the mother. Yeah. Now, there are mothers who are starting to hear the message of forgiveness and they're starting to wake up. It's a little easier than for the kids. But those mothers who are in denial, I'm the mama. I gave you life. I dare you. Uh uh. Those are the rough ones. Yeah. And she's and she's surrounded by people that are encouraging her her bad attitude. It's really uh, I mean, it's not it's not difficult for me to deal with her, but it's just uh I find it a little bit frustrating just how sneaky she is with my kid, you know, yeah. so it's... Um, That's the devil. Yeah. That's the devil. The devil wants the young souls because if he could get there when they were children, he got them. Yeah. They want... Look at the world. They're going after the young kids now. They are changing their body parts and all. That's of the devil. They want the... They get those little kids, you got them. Um, and from this day forward, I don't know if you're heard me say this before, but never argue with your wife again. Don't argue with the devil. That's what the devil wants. Two devils arguing, right? And both devils trying to prove that they're right and you get nothing from it. You just lose your soul. But state your point and if you want to say, oh, what do you mean by that? Or she died, but don't argue. 
The moment the argument starts, the conversation is over. It's over. And then she's going to say, oh, you don't love me. You don't care about my emotions. You don't care how I feel. Right. I don't care. You need to overcome those emotions because they're of the devil. Don't feed into the devil life. The devil, look at the world. The world wants everybody arguing together. What does mama do when you forgive her? She builds an army against you. What do your family members do when you disagree with them? They go and build an army. They, they tell the other family, oh, he just don't love me or she don't love me. She, this. They build an army against you. That's an army of devils. But one soul can fight the devil because you have the great power of God inside of you. Never argue with the devil. So don't argue with your wife anymore. You state the point, protect your son, but don't argue. Because you give her life when you do that. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, typically what I've had to do um, is whenever she starts getting real emotional, I, I, you know, I'll tell her, I'll, I'll tell her one time, I'll say, calm down, you know, stop arguing, whatever. And she'll just keep going. So then I, I, I pull out the, the camera and then either she'll... Well, typically what happens is I'll start recording her, right? And then, and then, she'll, and then she'll either calm down or, or, or just get upset and, and walk away. Or, or actually this most recent time, she threw herself on the floor and started crying. And then my kid was trying to console her. But I just recorded her crying and yeah. just let her cry. Like, let the devil do what the devil got to do. Absolutely. She need that. And all that might wake her up one day. She might realize, what am I doing here? Look at me. I'm like a fool. Because the light in you can possibly make her see after 50 years, she may come around and then you'll die. But at least you, your kids will be fine and you'll be fine. And they'll have tapes to go back and review. I mean, she was just arguing with herself the whole time. Like I was sitting there recording. I wasn't even responding. Yeah. She just kept going on and on and on until, like I said, she threw herself on the ground, which is just crying like she'd just been hit or something. You're like looking was, at the devil. Really. Yeah, it was pretty the crazy. The light of God hit the darkness and the darkness can handle it. See, the, the light can, can deal with the darkness, but the darkness cannot deal with the light. The light don't, the darkness does not understand the light, but the light understands the light and the darkness. Isn't that amazing? You, you are going to be stunned, happily stunned at what's going on inside of you that you don't see. Really, you, you don't know that you don't see it yet. That's what I'm warning you. And this is not what somebody told me. I'm warning you to stay with it. Stay with it. If someone offend you, no matter who it is, no matter where, let that be a good thing for you because if that wasn't in you, you couldn't be offended. If you didn't think you were something else or you weren't on an ego trip, how can someone offend you if you don't think highly of yourself? Don't think highly. Don't think lowly. Just be. Have no opinion, and you'll be fine. Amazing, huh? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Stay with it, man. And, and don't cater to her ego because all emotions are evil. The ones that feel good and the ones that feel bad. The ones that are happy and the ones that are sad. The ones that this, it's all evil. There's a perfect joy that comes from God, and it's not based on Anything that you have or don't have is not based on any, anything or any has nothing to do with the way people treat you or don't treat you. It has nothing to do with the world. 
It really doesn't. But you got to stay with it. You got to die spiritually, the, the ego death, which is not your own. So stay with it, man. Amazing. Anything else? Um, well, it's kind of off topic. I don't know. But I, I mean, I, another friend of mine just told me a recent story I thought was really amazing. He was just telling me about how he tried to kill himself. And he, uh, he actually put the gun to his head and, and pulled the trigger and it didn't go off. And then he, he showed me a picture of the bullet. Like, he was like, why didn't the gun go off? And, and, and uh, he, he pulled out the, the, the clip from the gun and looked at the bullet. And, and the, the, I, I don't know if you know what a bullet looks like, but there's like the, the tip that is the part that fires out. Yeah. And there's a casing and there's a primer. And he showed me the, the, the bullet itself got squished into the casing. So the hammer did hit it, but it didn't set off the primer. It didn't light the bullet on. It didn't, it didn't make it pop. It actually just got compressed into itself. And he said afterwards he went out to the desert just to test the gun to see if it was even working. And it fired every time it ever, after that. So to him it seemed like a miracle. And he, he said that actually after that happened um, about a month later, uh, like he got this big international recognition and his, his life's been improving a lot since then. But um, I know it's a little it's off amazing. topic, but no, it was just... Nice uh, because yeah. a lot of people commit suicide nowadays. A whole lot of folks. I can't tell you the number of uh, calls or emails or something I get about somebody about to take their lives or taking their life. Because that's what the devil does. If you identify with the voices and you're feeling lonely or you're feeling this and you feel like you ain't, you're not worth anything, the devil say, you know what, sound like you. You might as well take your life. You ain't worth nothing. You might well be dead. You're never going to get past this situation. And you, if you don't recognize that that's the devil voice, you'll take your life. Because it sounds like your voice. And when you look out in the world, it looks like everything is going bad for you. So why be alive? But that's the devil's voice. And that, that's going to be taken away from you, too. You're going to end up with a clear mind. You're going to end up with a clear mind rather than a dark mind. And that's why God said, break every thought into captivity. Every thought. Every thought about anything. And he made it clear, too, because when he talked about sin, he said that the sin is of the mind, not of the action. The sin is when you think about it and carry it out, right? It starts in the mind. But if you don't stay in thoughts about it, you won't commit the act. And I want you to pay attention to that. Whenever you feel something, whatever it might be, see that it starts in the mind first. You didn't just wake up feeling something. It starts in the mind. Overcome the mind, you can overcome the world. Yeah, he, he told me that before, as he was telling me the story, he told me about his thoughts leading up to that. He was like yes. having all these, these bad, dark thoughts, and then he was just like, you know, I'm just going to end it. And he, so I just thought that was, um, it, it, it was like, a real miracle because he showed me a picture of the bullet like it was That's actually compressed into story, itself man. like that was like a a real physical miracle that 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 well, happened. If that doesn't wake him up i don't know what will that's an interesting story so it may be good that he went through that well he's been doing a lot better since then yeah. nice amazing amazing story i'm glad you told us about it because a lot of people are killing themselves let me take here and then i'll come to you I was just going to share uh, something with you, uh, sir. Um, there, there's a drastic difference between anger and being spiritually vexed. When you'll take time to, to study into the word, you'll understand and you'll see 
that when Jesus went into the temple and he began to turn over the tables, that's what she's speaking about. Yeah. Well, he wasn't angry. Right. He was spiritually vexed, which means I'm I'm lacking that under that that irritation piece because he was irritated because of the level of reverence that he had for that place. So the next time that your wife is saying to your child and you'll take your child because you can tell your child is educated. You'll take your child, sit them down, as pastor has said, and teach them there's a difference between anger and being spiritually vexed. The Holy Spirit that's in you can become vexed, but it's not angry. And pastor keeps telling us it's not anger. It's not I hate you. I dislike you. It's my spirit is saying the enemy, which is Satan, which is the devil, which is Tyrus, which is Lucifer. He is trying to anger you, but your spirit is going, why are you coming at me like that? Jesus said it best. He said he was sitting in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, uh, if this cup can pass me, he was speaking to himself because he was God in the flesh. But he was saying, if this cup can pass me. But then he said, not my will, but that will be done. So just a word of wisdom, if you will take it, if pastor allow me to say it. One of the best things you can do in your home is to begin to pray at home. Is to begin to pray what? in your home. Oh, yeah. oh. there you go. That's 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 the key. <laughs> pastor Pastor said it best. He said, a, "A home that has love. Well, the first love that you can give because it costs nothing is to grab your wife and say, honey, do you mind if we have prayer together as a family?' If she says no, okay, so to the child. Yeah, I do Exactly. Oh, I sorry. I yeah, I do pray with them every day. No, she refuses to pray with us. She gets mad. Like she knows um like uh uh I'm a Christian and uh we start going to um a local Catholic church and she just gets mad and she's like, I don't worship your God, da da da. She's really into like tarot and casting spells now. She's into weird stuff, so Did like, you know she was like that before you married her? No, she wasn't like that. She was she was raised Christian, you know. She's just been getting no. into this stuff more lately, you know. So well, she uh, was crazy before you married her. She just become crazy after you married her. Yeah, no, I what I think now is that she was hiding it from me for a few years, you know. I think she was suppressing it and uh you know, I I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she was hiding it. Yeah, I think she was hiding it. Yeah. Um it's, and to add to that it's called discernment. God gave us the, the uh, his children the power of discernment. We can see injustice, we can see evil, but don't hate what we see. With you know that emotional love, which is of the devil, cause you to hate, and you become subject and controlled by what you hate. But if you see it and discern it, then you can deal with it in the right way. Like you were saying, you can deal with your wife. Let's say your wife don't want to pray with you. You're like, okay, Satan, bye. I'm going to pray with my son. You know what I'm saying? She's just not ready, but don't hate her. Don't you get angry. You stay of love, and love is powerful, and it can. Eventually, she may get tired of acting the way she's acting, or it may force her to start looking at herself. You're like, look at my husband trying to show me love, and I'm acting like a nutcase. What's wrong with me? And in that moment, things will start to change. But don't expect it anytime soon, and don't expect it not to happen because you just don't know. You know, sometimes her suffering, this suffering would cause you to cry out to God as well. Amazing. Um, yes, ma'am. 
Um, well, you're kind of saying about the tarot cards and your wife, and maybe she's hiding that. I think maybe she lost her, she doesn't have trust in God, but she at least has trust in the tarot cards. So I would say that's probably a sign that she's trying to find her way back. So what now? That's probably what? That's probably a sign that she's trying to find her way back. Into, by, by believing in the tarot cards? No, by learning how to trust something <clears throat> and not God. Well, we, we live by belief. Every human being lives by belief, right? But 99% of the time, it's the wrong belief. Well, it's so, a little, it's so just like she's just. in tarot cards. I understand in that darkness, you reach out for all kinds of things, right? And you're all looking for something, but you're not clear as to what you're looking for. So that's why we go through so many changes. We all look. So if you're trying to make that point, then I would I, w- that. I would say maybe you should play speed with her. Say, don't do tear hearts. Why don't we just play speed? I love the speed game. But play what, I w- what with her? Play, the, I play a different... Tarot cards is just a card game. Oh. She's playing cards with a random person. Why don't you play cards with her? She probably likes cards. But that's not going to help her. Well, it's, you'll get quality time. She but probably just wants quality time. I know, time. but it won't do anything for the soul. Oh. They can sit there and play cards until the cows come home. <laughs> But until she repents, it will do nothing for the soul. Okay, well, what I was going to say that is... That makes sense? Yeah. Well, but, I don't even do that, so I don't really care. But, but I was just saying. I know, but I, I, want, I just want you to know that nothing physical can change the soul. I agree. It'll just prolong the, the suffering. But it will not change the soul. The soul is what the devil wants. And the soul is what God wants. It's the spirit. It's a spiritual battle, and nothing physical can change that. That's why he can't play around with his wife. He can't be oh, angry with her, okay. but he can't because he's playing with the devil. Mm. And, and not only is she losing her soul, she's trying to destroy the husband and the child. So how old is your child? Five. Five, okay, five years old. Trying to destroy his soul, too. So nothing physical, nothing outward can change that. Do you understand that? It doesn't matter how much money you have, how black or white, how poor or rich, how dumb or smart, nothing but the spirit of God. The same spirit as in Christ, that's the spirit we want to dwell in to change us. It's in us when we repent, but you got you to gotta see that you're wrong. You got to be true to yourself. Even if you don't tell the world, you don't have to tell the world, but at least in you, be true. I'm angry. I'm emotional. What is wrong with me? I had to ask God, what's wrong with me? I had gone to the different churches. You see my Bible? It's color, all kind of color. Yellow, green, trying to remember the scriptures. I was lifting up, holding hands. I worked on the men's publicity committee. But nothing was changing inwardly. And I finally asked God, you know, I've done all this stuff. What happened? What's wrong with me? How, what is wrong with me? And that's when things start to change. He loves us. He's just waiting on us to ask him and stop trying to get identity from the world, from other people, places, things. Go ahead. Hey, well, what I was going to say, sorry, I just got caught. I just got off really quick. But <clears throat> it sounds to me that, like, maybe husbands and wives, like the, or maybe the ex-wives try to play good cop, bad cop with the child and make the dad the robber. But they're just becoming the robber and the dad's the example and the child's the good Absolutely. cop. Absolutely. It's a mess. It's a real mess. Yes, did you, are you yourself? 
Oh, then I got to get to the biblical question. Are you yourself? Becoming myself, it feels like. I'm sorry? It feels like I'm becoming myself. Speak from the chest. <clears throat> it feels like I'm becoming huh? myself. It does feel like you become. Yeah. And what's that feeling? What is it like not to be yourself? Um, you just feel lost. You, yeah. The world pulls you. It's the world that, that brings you this way and that way. Yeah. And when you're finding yourself, you've already been touching on it today even, um, you return to like this childlike state. You, you remember innocence. It, yes. it, it's difficult to even describe it. It almost doesn't feel like anything. But it, it doesn't feel but like it's, anything. But it feels That's natural. That's a good point. Being yourself doesn't feel like anything. You're just yourself. With no ideas and no feelings. Yeah. And the light of God, the love is just God in your life. Absolutely. That's the freedom in being yourself. That's deep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. Um, okay. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Hi. Is this your first time here? Yes. Oh, welcome. What's your Thank name, you. your first name? Gina. Gina. How did you hear Hello, about Hello, everyone. Us? So, um, my husband brought me here. Oh, nice. <laughs> and is your husband your head? Yes, he is. You obey him? No, not in everything. Um, uh, the, the, there's like, there's no. strife there. That's what? Strife. And why? Um, because uh, I think we all deal with it. It's the works of the flesh versus the, the yeah. spirit. Yeah. So when we step into that flesh, that's when we have all these strife and anger and yeah. all the emotions that you spoke about. But you are asking people, uh, are you being yourself? And that's not what God called us. Though I understand what you're saying. He called us to be like Christ, right? And what does that mean to be like Christ? The fruits of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry? The fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, right. kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering, and self-control. Yes. To exhibit all those fruits and to, to pray about it and to work through it. And just like you said, um, it's just that when we want to be ourselves, it's like it's about self. It's not about the, the God. The ego is all about self. Right. And anyone with the ego is of their father, the devil. Right? Exactly. So do you have anger? I do. And why haven't you, are you a Christian? I am. And why haven't you, as a Christian, why haven't you overcome the anger? First, I didn't know I had it. Um, I was ignorant of the fact that I had it. Uh, as I, I'm sitting here and listening to everybody, um, I remember my walk with God. You know, when you come to God, you you believe, oh, all your problems are going to be fixed and your life is going to go well and you're not going to encounter any bad situations anymore. Right. You have a plan in your mind. Right. But as other people have said it, don't expect those things. Well, I was expecting good things. And I was encountered I no by the <laughs> other yep. things that came at me Absolutely. and made me angry, yep. disappointed. Um, How now long I'm you... in the state where um, I see that that's not how life with God is. Yep. You do have uh, the devil fighting you. Yep. Uh, you do have the devil chasing you. Um, and you said it, you mentioned it. You have to stand still and 
um, because he said, be still and know that I am God. That's right. Absolutely. So and, but ask, we keep trying to run away from, from the devil when God tells us just be strong in the Lord. You got to be still and look at that devil. And the devil's in the mind. Right. He's in the imagination. But how long have you known you had anger? I, I can't put the time stamp on it, but I would say that maybe only in the last year have I realized that I, I do deal with a lot of anger. Yes. And a lot of women do because the devil attacks them also. It's not just the men. It's not just the kids. No, it's, it's everybody. The women too. He's the after everyone. The woman. Excuse me? The devil worked through the woman. Right. Because right. the devil is the woman's God. We have emotions. We, we're swayed very easily right. by what we hear. So, yes. That's right. Yes. Uh, do, you want, do you believe that you can have a life with no anger at all? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's possible. You don't know if that's possible? No, I don't know. I'm here to tell you that it is possible. It is. <laughs> 100% possible. All right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, God's children don't have anger. Well, Only actually, he says, have. be angry, but do not sin. But, don't work that anger. Don't, don't let it make you have actions towards others or yourself that, you know, lead to more sin. Um, so you don't believe that you can, you don't believe that you can live a life as a daughter of God with no anger. I'm not there yet. Right. So, therefore, I do not know if that's possible. May I point the way to it? Please, you go ahead. you got to forgive your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like your mother. And you're treating your family the same way your mother treated you guys. Because you become like what you hate. Mm. Have you noticed that? A little bit. Have you ever wondered, how did I become like my mother? I never want to be that way. And I'm just like her. Um, I would say I'm different than her, but then I have some, no, some characteristics. Like <laughs> I am just like her. It's the same spirit. That's why you, you, you're not patient with your children. You're not patient with your husband. You're not patient with yourself because you are not yourself. You're your mother. You have her identity, and you don't even know who you are. Mm. What made you cry when you think about that? It's just things that maybe they're being confirmed. Uh, things that maybe I don't want to hear. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know how to overcome. Right. Well, the way you overcome, you see now that you resent your mother. And, and you see that that resentment in you causes you to do things you don't want to do. You don't want to be impatient with your children. You don't want to be impatient with your husband. You want to be a daughter of God. You want to be of love and deal with everything the right way. But, and you can't help yourself. And that will cause you to know that your mother could not help herself. She became like her mother and so on and so on. And so when you see that, you go to your mother and say, you know what? I've been resenting you. I've been angry at you because you were, whatever, impatient. You impose your will on me. You turn me away from my father. You play victim, whatever it might be, right? And then I'm sorry for resenting you now. I realize you can help yourself because I can't help myself. So I know you can't help yourself. And, and when you forgive her, God will forgive you. 
and he'll take that spirit away from you. You're possessed. All human beings are possessed. We're, we're just, when Jesus walked the earth and he healed the people, they were possessed with the same spirit as in you. They were possessed with the spirit of darkness, the spirit of anger, and it makes us do things we don't want to do, right? And, and don't expect your mother to apologize. Don't have any expectation at all. If she start crying, if she start yelling, well, I did the best I could for you. Your daddy didn't do anything, blah, 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 right? You don't argue with her. Don't try to prove anything. Just say, I understand, but I'm sorry for resenting you. And God said, when you forgive others, he'll forgive you. Don't ask for forgiveness from human beings. You forgive them and God will forgive you because human beings won't forgive. But I believe I have forgiven her. Uh, I've went many times to God. and um, Did you tell her? Yes. You went to your mom and said, I'm sorry. Yes, for we've you had that hard me. conversation because she left me. No, your mother the, don't love you. No, she left me. Oh, left you. She left me in okay. the care of my father until I was 18, then came back. Um, I've had that hard conversation with her where I've told her, I forgive you. We've, I've asked her the questions of why you left and all that. Um, that's why I said I'm not like my mom because I will never leave my kids. Oh, no, you like your mama. <laughs> oh, good. What? I see your mama in you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's best to admit it to yourself so that God can see that uh, and he can set you free. He just doesn't want you to be in denial about it. Then when you forgive her and your father, too, if you resent him, <laughs> then God going to give you perfect love. And you're going to love your mother with perfect love, not angry love, which is not real. And you'll be able to deal with it and with her or not deal with her and won't be affected at all. But the most important thing, you're going to be able to love your children, your husband with perfect love. And you won't pass that anger down to your children. And so you're not recreating them in your image as your mother did with you. Mm-hmm. But you got to face it. The devil doesn't want you to face it. He doesn't want you to know you resent your mother. And because he has control over you as long as you're in denial about that. And you can read the Bible till the cows come home. You can go to church until you're black and blue in the face. You can lift up, hold the hands. But unless you forgive your mother, you're never going to be free. And if your mother don't like it, she may, she may fall out and die, right? Because she's not ready to overcome. You're like, oh, mama dead. What the? And then go in the kitchen, and right next to the, in that drawer where the knives and the spoons are, the insurance paper is right, right next to the next drawer. Get the insurance paper and go have a little light funeral and live your life with the rest of the money. All right? But you've got to forgive your mother so you can be free. You're not free. Christ came that we might be free. And as long as you hold on to that anger and denying it, you're not going to be free. Mm. And forgive your father for not protecting you. He couldn't help himself. His mother did that to him too. So he didn't know how to deal with your mother. And we become attracted to what we hate. And so your father ended up marrying his mother. And his mother and his wife ended up marrying her daddy. And the cycle repeats itself. And it goes on from generation to generation. But you must forgive her. You got to tell her, I'm sorry for hating you. Once you see that you shouldn't be hating her. She couldn't help it. 
And then the Holy Spirit would then start to teach you all things. He would bring everything and all that garbage you have picked up over the years of a lifetime. He would take, God would take all that away from you. Mm-hmm. And you'll be a free woman and you'll be able to love your husband and your kids with perfect love. It's going to blow you with discernment. <clears throat> Amen. What do you think about that? Um, it, I think that that sounds great. <laughs> um, so will you face your mother? Yes. I don't have a problem facing The devil going to try and talk you out of it. Oh, don't. You're going to hurt her um, feelings. Oh, we have a huge distance, distance between us. Yeah. Um, not just spiritual, but like physical, in the physical. She's not here. Good. Uh, but it would have to be over the phone. We'll do but, it on FaceTime or Skype or something okay. so you could be looking at her. Mm-hmm. To, so you get your courage back. Mm-hmm. Because you lost your courage when you resented her. So can you FaceTime with her? Yeah. I'm I sorry? Can. Yes, I can. Yeah. Well, it's FaceTime possible. so you can be looking at the devil when you deal with it. Mm. The devil don't want you to see him. Mm. You got to face it. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. He'll let you study the Bible. He'll let you lift a holy hand. He'll let you quote scriptures, but he doesn't want you to forgive, and he doesn't want you to be still and let God work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing he wants. Amazing, huh? Yeah. We just had church. We did. <laughs> I thought I was coming to church. <laughs> Amazing, huh? Yes. Any questions about that? Um, no. Oh, okay. Not really. Well, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. This is your husband, right? What's your first name? Robert. Robert. How did you hear about us? Um, well, I actually came to your door uh, because if you remember a man named Joe Collins that sat on your stage. Oh, uh, yeah. Exactly. So I, I came to the door. I, was coming, I came in kind of early in the morning. And your, your excellent uh, secretary, I was like, is Jesse here? He said, no, he's not here. He doesn't get it until later. I couldn't come back later. I said, oh, okay. I said, please just give me a card. He said, listen to what he said. He said, we have church on Sunday. Right on. But now you hear this. I moved away. God led me away from the church that has been my church home since 1998. Yeah. When I first gave my life to Christ. Because during the course of the pandemic, there were things that the Lord revealed to me. The Holy Spirit revealed to me. Uh, concerning the leadership of the house. Yeah. So I've been, I've been wrestling everyone. I was like, God, this is the person that, you know, of course you don't idolize him and right. I've traveled the world yeah. and seen other pastors and, and literally not figuratively. I was like, God, I need a house that I can take my children to, to be able to help, um, raise my children and, and raise my family. We, you know, there's a time you're the shepherd of the house. And then you also have to have other men that you look up to in the word. So when he said that to me, I said, Sunday, I said, we're not going anywhere else. I said, I'll be here. Nice. Exactly. So because of time, let me ask, have you gone and forgiven your mother and father? Yes. Um, You went and forgave your mother? Yes. I've had a discussion with them um, concerning (laughs) things of my past. Uh, We've had a... Your wife was like... Yeah, yeah. This it's 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 amazing that you're you're talking talking on this subject because um, it's. Have you said to your mother, "I'm sorry for resenting you 
for imposing your will on me, turning me against my father and all that? I've literally sat down with my mother and my father. They're 50, I'm 47, 50. Are they still together? Yes, 54 years. And so have you said to your mother, I'm sorry for resenting you for imposing your will and doing all that crazy stuff? Yes. And you it said was, that to her? Yes. And what did she say? She was speechless. She was <laughs> stuck. <laughs> she was looking at me. She cried. Uh, I've had the conversation with my father also. Yeah. And what did he say? Um, he basically called me an idiot. Yeah. Um, he called me a dummy. You know, he's from the deep south in Louisiana. And, and, and men and how don't. did you feel when he called you names? Um, of course, those are things in your life that you remember the most. You don't remember the money. You oh, he called you that before you went and forgave him? Oh, yes. Oh, and, okay. and then when I went and said, Dad, you know, I forgive you for the things. Literally, the, the, the temperature in the room because of Satan. Right. The temperature in the room went up. Well, yeah. What do you have to forgive me for? Uh, <laughs> right. The and, heat and goes up. Exactly. And, and the pride level went way up. And what it gave me was exactly what pastor's trying to share to the room. It was there's a level of peace that comes yeah. that surpasses all understanding to men. So do you have anger now? Um, I, I don't deal with that. Do you I, have it? No. I, I do don't really no deal. Anger? I don't really deal with anger. I've... I've learned one thing. This is, and I, I wanted to share this with, with the room. When I take time to become angry with something, there are 83,600 seconds in a day. And it only takes 10 seconds to make you angry. So I will never allow 10 seconds of a interaction to dictate my other 83,590 seconds. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't deal with anger because I've just Do you really, have it in you at all? Uh, of course, there's, there are seeds that can make, you can, you can become vexed at something. Like that's where I really worked on, Pastor. I worked on understanding spiritually vexed and anger. So I do don't, you have the spirit of anger inside of you at all where a situation or something can bring it out? Do you have it in you at all? The only thing that I've ever seen recently of anger um, that can be, I make sure that I home when I'm sitting down talking to my children or talking to my wife, um, I want to make sure that, that anger does not exude itself above my spirit. And so do you have a spirit of anger inside of you? No, I don't believe you I do. You have no that. anger? No, sir. Oh, okay. That's one thing that the Lord has shown me, that that spirit has died simply because I had to understand who was controlling it. And you've, that's why this morning you see I'm sitting back and leaning. I'm going, wow, God, this is what I've been studying. The only way that you can overcome anger is by there's a buffer, and that buffer is the Holy Spirit. And the reason I, I want to make sure we deal with that, first we run out of time, but secondly sure. is that there's an order to life, and that order is God in Christ, yes. Christ in man. Man over woman and woman over children. Amen. And if you ask the Christ of your family, have any anger inside of you, you're going to destroy your wife and children. Amen. Your wife needs to look up to you as a man of love because in that love, she can see the Christ in you and that will help her to overcome too. But if you have any anger, all she's looking at is the devil and a man pretending to be a Christ, but not. Right. And it makes it harder for her to overcome if you ask the Christ, because Christ had no anger. And men are sons of God, and they represent God on earth. They're the Christ. They're the salt of the earth and light of the world. But if you have any anger at all, then the light, you have no light to shine. Right. It's Amen. none to shine. Amen. And so make sure you don't have it. you got to forgive. 
And what are you thinking about now? What's your first name? Your wife's first name? Gina. What are you feeling right now, Gina? What's making you cry now when I ask him those things? Uh, discernment, your discernment is, is sharp. Do your I'll leave it at that. Does your husband have anger? I'm sorry? Yes. Yes. And why do you say yes? What does he do to display anger? Shouting words. His voice? Uh, shouting words uh, that are offensive. Yeah. What do you say to that? One thing that I'll say about it. Thank you for the mic. Um, it, it's what you said to our brother that's sitting across the room. I've said to my wife, I really can't be caught up in your emotion. I have to do what God is telling me to do. Uh, and our conversations that she's speaking about, it will be in a Bible study that we have in the morning or in a Bible study that happens at night. And so inside you yell of, at her during the Bible study? Uh, it's not a yell. It's a... <laughs> she's like, yeah. it, it's what, what you would call a yell. Because, of course, and I'll say this very openly so everyone can hear it. Um, a person that is offended, you can be whispering because God can be whispering to a yeah. man or a woman and you may be speaking at this tone or saying it this way and God is telling you to say it and you're saying it with love, humility, with care, with kindness, but the person is going to be offended and say, well, you're yelling at me. And I'm like, no, I'm not yelling. I'm literally telling you exactly. Oh, I see. So, so is that true or not? Which part? He said that it doesn't matter if he's whisper, if he said in soft language to you about doing the Bible class or whatever, or if he yells it, you still take it personal. Is that true? Uh, no, it's, it's really important if it's said um, kindly or not. <laughs> it, it does make a difference. And, uh, if he says it kindly or not? <clears throat> yes. And why? But I, I, I will tell you this. Um, he, it seems that there's something that I don't see yeah. uh, when it comes to my mother because that's something he's pointed out many times. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. why I said it's confirmation. Nice. Um, and I haven't seen it. Right. Like I said, in my mind, I'm not my mother because I never left <laughs> and I will not, yeah. no matter how difficult the situation it is with him. Um, but. I also understand a little bit more about the cycle that you mentioned and how we marry the people we hate and yeah. we marry, like, sometimes he reminds me of my father. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why? You married <laughs> you, you, you've, He's also so completely opposite of him. Yeah. But I, it's the same spirit. Yes. Let me say this to you. Um, once you truly forgive, when you go and forgive your mother and forgive your father for not protecting you from her, once you forgive, whether he yell at you or not, whether he's right or wrong in the way that he's dealing with you, will not bother you at all. Because you will, you will, you will, you will overcome those emotions. And you will see that, yes, he's wrong for yelling, but you will pray for him rather than getting mad at him. You, because you would know that he can't help himself. And it wouldn't be personal. You would see that he might mean well, but he's doing it with the wrong spirit and can't help it. And that light of God, the love of God, will shine on him. It's like what I was telling the, uh, 
the young lady here about her son. When people say things, if you have love, it doesn't bother you. There's a shield put around you, invisible shield put around you by God, and the world can't get through to it. It can't come through that shield at all. And so once you overcome that anger, you're going to see if he's right, fine. If he's not, fine. You will not be bothered by it because you will overcome all those emotions that you're trying to protect. Those emotions are not of God. They're of the devil. Mm -hmm. God's love is not an emotional love. His love is a dispassionate love. Satan's love is an emotional, passionate love. You need the world or somebody to make you feel good. Oh, don't talk to me. Don't treat me like this. Let's say the kids, you say something to the kids, and the kids say, no, mommy, I'm not doing that. You're ready to smack the kids then. But if you have love, you'll be able to deal with it in the right way. You will be able to handle it. It won't be, it's like you won't be thinking, I'm the mother, don't disrespect me, blah, blah, blah. When I, uh, oh, I was just to make this point. When my son, I brought my son out here to visit before he finished high school. And uh, my son hated me. Well, I think he had just finished high school or something. But everything I loved, he hated. I love California. He hate California. I love uh, grits. He hate grits. <laughs> Because he hated me. I wasn't there. His mother turned away from me. But then once he stopped hating me and he saw that it came from the mother and that I had done my best and then he forgave, now it's a, it's a totally different, different father-son relationship. It's the way, even though he's still overcoming some things, it's still the way it should have been had I been there and been the right kind of father for him. And that's what's going to happen to you and your family once you forgive. Because God would protect you from evil. He won't let it get to you. I don't care who it's come from. And, and so if your husband does, well, I told you, shut up. You're like, what the? It won't bother you. All right? But you got to forgive. And then if he's like your father, and that father aspect of him that's like your father, because you're forgiving your father, you'll overcome that too. And then hopefully he'll continue to work on himself and he'll overcome. And the perfect love of God will be passed down to the children and you will stop that generation of anger. Amen. The next generation will be of love instead of anger. So the cycle will not repeat itself. Amen. Go ahead. No, I said amen. Uh, that makes sense? Absolutely. Uh, that what you, what you said and. I wanted to say it out loud because a lot of people don't take time to say it. Thank you. No, you're um, welcome, man. And, and I thank the Lord that 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 He gave you that sharpness and discernment and and the, and the gift to prophesy that way. It's in everybody. Yes. Absolutely. But because of the anger, you don't see your talent. Yes. Everybody has a talent. Yes. God did not leave us alone. We all have a talent, and that's why He said, "Don't look for your talent; it will find you, and it will once you overcome that anger." you would naturally find yourself doing what you were created to do in life. It's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, I, I can't get to the biblical question. I would ask one person, the biblical question is, we, did you, when Je oh, Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's in Matthew 24, 13, I think. He who endures to the end shall be saved. 
Anybody ever heard that before? Yes. What does that mean? I think it means that you have to uh, accept your life and everything that, that comes with it as opposed to controlling it. You can't just uh, kill yourself or eject from it. What does that mean? Oh, right here. I think it means to sit through the suffering, the suffering through the difficult times in life and stay on the straight and narrow path. And in the end, the light will shine. You go through the darkness. What does that mean? And then the last one over here. What does that mean? We've all heard it. What does it mean? What was it? You... He who endures to the end shall be saved. Yes, well, you have, to, uh, you have to endure a lot of stuff in life. And um, a lot of times there'll be a lot of negative stuff. And uh, you, if you get emotional, um, you'll make wrong, life-changing decisions. And that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how I screwed my life up by reacting to this negative situation. <clears throat> and if you're still, you won't overreact. Um, like, there won't be, like, if you're overreacting when you're in a relationship with your ex or your wife, yeah. you're like, I overreacted. And that you, is you... destroying me and it's destroying the family. And goes, why did I not just not overreact? Yeah. I mean, like, my, I mean, my ex is driving me insane or my wife is driving me insane. It's like, uh, she, she won't drive you insane if you overreact. Yeah. How but, did you deal with that woman at work this week? Uh, things have got better at work with uh, Sabina, to be honest. You stopped reacting to her? I, I'm stopping to reacting. And you know what the funny part is? I just realized she's like a 40-year-old woman, and she has n- new play toys at, at work because we got two, two good-looking guys, you know, about 24 and 31 that just got hired. And now she's focusing on them. I'm going, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm going, this 40-year-old woman's driving me insane, you know, wanting my attention. She's like... But I was a model when I was 22 in, in Croatia, and I was a model uh, in New York, and now I'm 40. And now I goes, how come you, you know, you're much older than me, and you, you're not spellbound by me. And I'm just like, I'm not spellbound by you, baby. Uh, you know, I goes, you know, I'm just here uh, at work. I want to okay. do my job. I got to end it. Nice okay. story. Thank you. Sorry. You want to respond to that? He who endures to the end shall be saved. What does that mean? Uh, there's, there's one scripture that stands out heavy for me. It says the reward is great, but the labors are few. And yeah. the reward of life, of, of enduring a race, the reward is not only the prize of being recognized, but being able to fulfill those things in life that we're capable of being able to do. And for me personally, um, it, it's, an, it's a daily challenge of the things that the enemy will set before us, yeah. but it is a lifelong reward of knowing thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's just amazing that you picked that scripture because I was studying it a couple and of days ago. to add to it, I was having a conversation with this young lady earlier, to endure is meaning that when the ego is dying, the not you, the nature of the devil, and it get hard no matter what, right? And and sometimes you feel like you can't even move. It's so hard on the because it's in the mind, it's in the imagination, and the feelings that in your body you think that they're your feelings, and you try to protect them. 
But instead of protecting the feelings and the thoughts, you allow yourself to go through that. Get up every day, go to work, do the practical things in life, go to work, make dinner, whatever you do. But let the ego die. Because some people can't handle the pain of the ego death, which is the nature of the devil, and they'll end up giving up, going back, or blah, blah, blah. And it talks about, it doesn't matter, it's not the one that uh, run the fastest, win the race, or the smartest, it's the one that endure to the end. So it's like, I remember once I was in Alabama and I went down into the wood to cut some wood for the winter, and I, and I kind of lost my way back home, right? But I kept going and going until I finally saw where I was, my home was, I was able to see. So when you go through this ego death, it's going to feel like you can't see because you're lost in the woods. You're lost in the night. You can't see your way. But if you endure it anyway, at the end of the road is the light. And God will not let you fall. He will, he's getting rid of the ego. You must die in order to rise and live. Not you, the spirit of the devil. And, and God has put angels around us to keep us from falling. It's going to feel like you're falling, but the angels will protect you. He has put angels around us to protect. But you got to, no matter what the world says about you, no matter, it doesn't matter how embarrassed you feel, it's all ego. No matter what, you go through it anyway. Don't complain about it. Don't blame. No anything. And let that nature die. And then the spirit of the devil that made a home in the flesh will be gone. And you will live by the light and you'll be free. But you got to endure it all the way through the dark woods until you get to the end of the woods and you'll see the light. All right? Endure to the end. And don't complain about how hard it is, how long it's taken. God is not into time. And don't worry about how difficult it is. The devil does not want to die in you. He does not want to leave the mind and the emotions. All right? So endure. No matter what, embarrassment comes or whatever. It's only to the ego. It's not to you. It's happening to the nature of the devil. It's not happening to the real you. And you just have identified with the devil. So see it all the way through. No matter how rough it gets. No matter if you got to stand alone, God is with you. All right? Just take it. And you'll be fine. The uh, new biblical question is, what is it, Angle Babe? Is a memory of you, you? Oh, did y'all understand that? What did he say? Who are you asking? Yeah, it's a memory, a memory of you, you. What do you say to that? Yes or no, real fast. It's a remembrance. Memory of you, you. Depends. It depends on whether the flesh or the spirit, um, the the good things that is are memories made. You know that that comes from God, and the things that are of the flesh that will happen in your life that are sin. You know that that's Satan. So you're able to mark your steps according to how you moved to those memories. It's a member of you, you. Uh, what immediately came to my mind was when you die, everybody remembers you as this great person. 
you know, you're this, you were this, you were that, you were a loving father, he was this no, and that. I'm talking about, but they don't really... I'm talking about when you remember oh, you, is that you? Oh, when I remember, well, since we're all constantly changing, uh, a memory of ourselves isn't what, who we are in the moment. Amazing. It was in the past. That's yeah. the brand new biblical question for this week. It is an amazing question. Is a remember of you. You. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, hate could be back uh, for the hate report. I don't think he's going to be here tomorrow to do the show because he is uh, he's going to have a lot of problems with his back right now. But he's healing and uh, he'll be back soon. I don't know when, but back soon. And so remember him. Remember hate. Wish him well. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing my show tomorrow for sure at uh, 9 a.m. Stay with the silent prayer. God said, be still and know. Be still and know. Sit still and, and just observe those thoughts so he can bring you out of the imagination. And he'll give you a little light and a little light. Will, wow, this is great. And he'll give you more and more and more and more until eventually the imagination, which is of the devil, will disappear. So go to www.silentprayer.video. And you can do your hoop and holler. Oh, Jesus, bless me. Bless my mama. Bless my daddy. Give me a house. Give me this. And then once you're done hooping and hollering, be still and let God take over. All right. Uh, we have counseling, the best counseling service on this side of heaven. Contact the office. Thank you for your tithing and offerings. I do appreciate it. And thank you all for coming. It was amazing. I appreciate it.